Hello and welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program or JSMP in Jacksonville, Florida. JSMP is a nonprofit dedicated to youth sports safety through advocacy, awareness, and prevention. Your host today is Jim Mackey, a consultant to JSMP and a seasoned certified athletic trainer. Please learn more at our website at jaxsmp.com. Today we have another special guest from Safe Kids Northeast Florida. She has extensive experience at Baptist Medical Center in Jacksonville, Florida, with the Player Center for Child Health and Safe Kids Northeast Florida. Please welcome Ms. Danielle Kessinger. Danielle, good morning. I want to ask you a couple questions here. Parents are transporting kids everywhere these days, and they're of all ages, so this is important. Our program is about youth sports safety, and so someone may ask, what's the relevance of car seat related youth sports? Hey, Jim. You know, there's a lot of important stuff about kids in cars and youth sports. You have to get them to the practice and to the games. And a lot of times, caregivers, parents, they're busy and they need to rely on others to transport their children. So it's important that they are aware of the rules in the cars where each of their children is riding and what the safest way for their child to ride is in the car. Okay, so Danielle, share a little bit about Safe Kids and your specialty as a car seat person. Person. <laughs> Tell me about it. And what kind of services do you provide and why why is all this important? Absolutely. Well, Jim, back in 2003 I got certified as a nationally certified child passenger safety technician, which basically means I'm a car seat person and I teach people how to keep their kids safe in the cars. And here at Safe Kids Northeast Florida, we have a great program that's been around for well over a decade, um, probably closer to 20 years, where we offer in-person car seat checks. So we teach parents and caregivers if they're using the right seat, if they're using it for their child correctly, and it's installed correctly. We teach them all of that, both in person. We have virtual appointments as well. And another really cool thing that we do is we have a low-cost car seat workshop for families that might not be able to purchase a brand new car seat that's safe for their child. Well, um, that all helps, Jim. But um, I'll tell you that if you, we have airbags and breakaway panels and all sorts of things to help keep us all safe. And kids are passengers too, but they're not built like adults. So a car seat has additional safety features for the child. So customized to a smaller person uh, to be able to keep them safe. So when we utilize the safety features in the car, um, that's great for us. But those kids, they need to have a properly installed car seat so that the car seat takes on those safety features of the car, then the safety features of the car seat and buckling the child in properly helps to take all of those safety features and move the crash forces away from the child so that they don't have as much injury. That's excellent. Because if you don't have that child properly strapped in, they become just another projectile in the, in the car. And it doesn't matter whether you get in a big accident or you just have to stop quickly at a stop sign, whatever our force in motion remains in motion. And it's going to do that drives me nuts when I will see parents and their kids are standing up in the seat in the front seat of their car with no seatbelt, no restraint whatsoever. And I, I really want to go over to that parent. What's a polite way to help a parent with that? 
if they don't come to you, they're not looking for help. So it's generally not going to be received well. Um, but always the best thing to do is to start with a common a common topic. Like if you're at a sports game or say, hey, how are you doing? I see little Johnny here. What does he play? Or his older brother plays such and such. Hey, I get that. You know, I have found over the years that um, when I buckle my kid in correctly, I can help them be safer in the car. Do you need help with that? Because we have resources here in Jacksonville for you. Excellent point. Uh, it sounds a little awkward, but sadly, we have kids die every year from being left in the car and from heat illness and things like that. But uh, people forget. What's a, What are some good tips to remember that you've got your child with you? That's a really great topic too, Jim, because that's near and dear to my heart. We have an average of 38 children every year that die in the U.S. in hot cars, either forgotten or gaining access or intentionally left. Um, the most common is um, forgotten in the car, but we have seen an uptick in those that gain access to the car. So that's something we want to remember to always lock our cars and put keys up. But for remembering kids in cars, the best thing is, is to be intentional. If you are intentional and every time you get into the car, um, whether you put the child in there or not, you have to set your brain to remind you to get out of the car and look before you lock and leave. It's super important because our brains are very focused on getting us to do what we need to do. And when we're out of routine, it's very easy for our brain to continue to want us to do what we were doing and forget about the alternate things that we had. So say, for instance, um, mom usually drops the child off at early care or daycare or whatever, and the child is sleeping in the car. Mom knows because she's used to that. But now uncle, dad, somebody else is dropping the child off. Unless that child is actively engaged with the caregiver, they may not realize that that child is in the car because it's out of their realm of usual activity. So taking that extra step, making sure that you look in the back. And then if you are a the other parent or another caregiver in that situation, you can just say, hey, how did Sally do when you dropped her off today? Instead of saying, hey, did you drop Sally off? Yeah, go for the easy, soft approach. It works much better. All right. Our kids are very active. And uh, I saw a uh, sad movie the other day where a, a child, the parent, uh, they were out in the woods. Uh, the parent got out to look at some deer uh, that were, you know, 100 yards away. And during that time, the child was able to unbuckle themselves from the seat and get out of the car, didn't go where the parent was, but walked off in another direction and sadly was found several days later buried in the snow. And uh, so any tips for, 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 for prevention, for helping kids to stay in their uh, car seat and not unbuckle themselves and get out of that? So a neurotypical kid that is of the age of reasoning, you can talk to them and explain to them what the challenges are if they get out of the car, what the dangers could be, and why it is important for them to stay buckled. However, you do have kids that are younger. Um, thankfully, they can't always manipulate the, the um, buckles and everything. It takes a significant amount of force to unbuckle the, the crotch buckle. But, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have a kiddo that is neurodivergent, 
that's where some challenges come into play. And that family would need to work with their rehab therapist or ABA therapist to see if there are maybe some social stories that they can do every time they get in the car to remind that child that it's important to stay buckled, that they their brains just work differently. So you have to do, try different things. But there are also some products on the market, especially for the bigger kids, um, that we can use that have not quite escape proof, but they do make it a little bit more challenging. Okay. So our kids grow up. Uh, the seat that's designed for a, an, an infant is different than a seat that's designed for a one or two-year-old. So what are some guidelines or keys to know when it's time for a change? One of the most often asked questions, Jim. So first of all, we want to focus on the long haul. When you put your kid into sports, when you have your child, actually, let's start there. You have your baby and it's not born yet. And what are you thinking of? You're thinking of, I want the best for my kid. We're going to do this gold star thing and they're going to be the best at this. And then when the baby's born, you have to keep that thinking and now apply it to everything, including the safety in their life. So keeping that child rear facing as long as possible to help protect their head, neck and spine, because we can fix that, um, those legs and hips and everything. We can't fix that spinal cord very well. Um, so we want to keep them rear facing as long as possible, even if their legs are touching the back of the vehicle seat, that's fine. And then we're going to keep them in a harness as long as possible as well. There are height and weight requirements on the seats. So you need to be looking at those more than the child's age. So it's more of um, developmental level height and weight compared to the seat and the direction. When we go forward facing with a child, we want to make sure that before we move to a booster seat that only has three points of restraint versus the harness seat with five, we want to make sure that that child is emotionally and developmentally ready to move to a booster seat. So they should be able to sit properly. They should be able to not lean down and out of position because the only thing protecting them is the adult seatbelt. Excellent. I was going to move on to the booster seat, but I think you addressed that great in a, in a great way. So Danielle, any closing thoughts, uh, things you'd like to encourage parents uh, with as we, uh, as we close out here? Absolutely. Since I know a big part of your audience are transporting the children to and from uh, maybe even groups to and from uh, games and practices and everything, it's really important that we focus on a few things. Kids grow up and they learn what they see. We can tell them anything we want till we're blue in the face, but they are watching us. So we need to make sure that we are modeling good behavior as a driver and as a passenger. As these kids are no longer with us in the vehicle, or even when they are, they need to know how to be good passengers, that they're not distracting the driver, they're not causing dangerous situations, or distracting another driver that is on the roadway um, with their antics or whatever. So they need to learn that. And then it's also important, and in the show notes, I, I put a couple links. One of them um, talks about seatbelt readiness, and it's... Kids need to be in boosters a lot longer than you think. Um, so think about that too. Make sure you read the show notes on that. And I put something in there on impact teen driving. So these kids are going to grow up and eventually they're going to be driving. And we want to make sure that they are aware of the dangers of reckless driving and distracted driving. Those are the top two reasons that kids don't do well on the road. 
All right. Well, we want them safe out there in every way. So thank you, Danielle, for your insights. These are most helpful to give us a better understanding of safety for our children in car seats and what we can do to assist others and ourselves as well. We'll have some of these resources in our show notes that you can reference there, and, and they're all high quality. So we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update. We're dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Please share what you've learned and implement to make sports and life and those who participate safer. Make sure you've got a certified athletic trainer available at your school or club sports. Please check out our website at jaxsmp.com. The Youth Sports Safety Update is produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. I'm your host and producer, Jim Mackey. Please join us again soon, and thank you very much.